Testing. Oh, we got test, 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 Jesus, it. he's back again, Maggie. The, the Swedish fish or the uh, <laughs> I got fish on the mind. I said Swedish fish. Oh, um, no, out, out in uh, near Chicago suburbs here. No, nowhere near there. Okay. Well, Bajorn, I uh, we, I hate I hate to see that you are back. Are we on the fuck? Jeez, excuse me. Are we on the air? What what's going on? I hit. I'm not used to Zoom. Is it going? I don't. I hear the Swedishman. Rick, I'm just finishing up my tacos here. Um, are we all ready? Eating dinner. Jesus. Mercy my. Yeah, I'm yes, we're ready. I think we're rolling. Are we oh, on? All right. Well, take me out to the ball game, fellas. I'm your host, Warren Masterson. Now I'm here with John Fish. How you doing there, son? Hi, Bjorn. I tell you what, it's a, it's a pleasure. We've been talking about doing this for a while. I'm just happy to be on here being able to talk with you and Rick. <laughs> well, hi, hi, been... Mr. Fish. Hi, Rick. I've been hyping this fish up for the whole day, man. I've been, I've been, I've been itching to meet you. Everyone knows about you, man. All these drafts, how many 30, 40 of these things. I did one OC the other night. Ah, man. I think I, I think I, I think I beat the game. I think it was like, I felt like it was MLB the show. It felt like real good. I think I'm going to get into more of these NBC things. Okay. So, all right, Rick, you know what to do, yeah. right? Born, born, the born to be wild. Born to be wild. This is yeah. what, this is, so this is where we ask our guests a hilarious question. Go ahead and explain the segment. Christ. So we ask our guests like this drop dead hilarious question and they're not going to be able to contain themselves. And like, I know like you all host, you know, pretty entertaining. So I got to, I got to step up my game and, you know, you asked a really like outrageous type question. Here we go. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right there. So, so Jonathan, Jonathan Fish, um, you hear there might be banning the, the shift. Now, uh, what do you think, what podcast do you think takes bigger hit from that? The pole hitter, dead pole hitter podcast or the beat the shift with, with Ariel? <laughs> Which one? Um, I think that the podcast that would take the biggest hit would be the pull header because if damn, beat the damn, shift, damn it, damn it, that's not what I was going to say. The beat the shift podcast. I mean, you're already beating the shift, right? So if you know how to beat the shift, you can certainly beat the non shift, right? So yeah, I think that's uh, that's what I'm going to go with. I don't know. All right, I don't know. I thought it was be funnier than this. Okay, okay, wrap it up, Rick. I guess. Rick, Jesus. hold on, Jesus. Looking for adventure, adventure. Oh, 
I don't know that I can do this much. I, I just don't know. I don't know if I can do it much more. But Jordan, you know, it's been a couple of weeks now. No, it hasn't even. It's the second week right now. And I don't know that I can continue on. Go ahead. I... All right, is he there? What's, what's wrong? I, I thought we had a pretty good chemistry. You know what? You know, just, right? you, you just go ahead, bud. Chemistry, like, you know. All right, well. I guess we got, you know what, we got a special presentation today. You know, I've been real looking forward to this. This is the DC, DCFAs. And this is about the, you know, the, you know, the FW, FAs, F, Fs, those things, you know, those things can be pretty biased, you know, and this is the really totally unbiased awards. So we're just going to, you know, I'm going to nominate a whole bunch of categories and we're just going to go through it, right? You guys setting me up here? Well, you know, there's been some issues, and uh, I think it's best that uh, the person popping in is the one to explain it, Bjorn. What? Bjorn, hey, it's uh, it's Zach. Your time's numbered here. Um, talk to the board today. Yeah, um, right it is. Yeah. Rick, do you want to explain what happened? I want to explain exactly what it is. There's been some behind-the-scenes things going on here with Bjorn. And, you know, everybody's heard it a little bit on the air. We heard some of the incidents last week. And he sent out a tweet hey. today. Excuse me? I, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with I my, what's my wrong? tweet? The, you sent out a MLB, tweet. MLB the show? The show? Jesus Christ, MLB the show. What are you, 11? Listen, we sent out, you sent out a tweet earlier today saying that some people could no longer come on this podcast. And sure. those people included Vladimir Sadler. And this, this man is a respected, well-renowned man. And he just said, oh, he can't come on the DCN anymore. You know what? He was just on the pod. He was on the podcast the episode right before you. And and Halisker, the dust mite, you're going to ban that guy? You got something coming to you. Guess what? The board's taking a different different form. We bought out the board. Me and Maggie. That's goddamn right. Yeah, we're fifty one percent stakeholders. Now beat it, Bjorn. Get the hell out of here, you Swedish prick. All right, can I have a ride? Yeah, going to McDonald's after. Can he have right? a ride? Oh, that. This is rich. All right, just, <laughs> just get out of here. Just, just get, Rick, can you sort of just like X out his screen? Just like, can you end? Absolutely. Yeah, just X end out, X out and never see you again, you end sick son just, of a bitch. Now get out of here. Jesus Christ, that was brutal. I listened to, I, I wasn't going to admit it, but I listened to the last episode. That was fucking horrendous. Um, I, I am feel, so I, glad you're back. I, I never, I never, I never thought I'd feel bad for you, Rick, but I felt bad for you. I can't imagine going through that again. So I had to come back, but I am what's this, what, is, what, what is this like DCFA stuff? Are we going to? Can we skip over it or like what is that? No, we can't story? skip over. Now, are we going to actually leave the show off with this or is the guest just going to sit here with his, uh, you know, is he just going to sit here or am I going into these categories? You tell me, Rick. I'm sort of just jumping in here. I got, I need, I need to, I need to go into it, Rick. Go into it, Rick. You want me to go into it, Mr. Fish? I need a couple minutes to get yeah. my bearings here. I got to sit back on this, this seat's a little bit different. Like, I need to get my bearings here to catch up on these notes. Um, okay. But I'm ready to, I'm ready right, to go. Well, but Rick, you can do your thing for a second here. Do you want to explain at least what the hell this is I'm about to introduce? Because I don't have the faintest idea what any of it means. It's it sounded like 
it sounded like what he was saying was it's like, it's like um, fantasy awards, but like, um, you know how they, they have the FW, FWSAs? Um, this is just like uh, the draft champions award. So I don't know how, the, I don't know how these nominations are um, determined or what sort of, um, uh, what sort of panel there is, but um, looks like you're like just a. Sorry, that was some theme music that got developed for this, I guess. All right, man. Let's get this over with. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, am I? <laughs> Shit. Uh, so, am I gonna go through these categories then of these awards? I don't know, man. I just, I know there's categories. We're not going to okay. do the win. We don't have time for the winners. Just say the, say okay. the nominations. So here we if go. You wanna, if this... you want to do something, just say the nominations. We're not going to go through, who, who fucking cares who wins these fucking awards? Just, just, if you want to do something, just nominate them and just be done with this and we'll get into the fucking podcast. So here we go. These are the categories for different fantasy baseball awards. Number one is best podcast logo. Now, I don't know any of, I don't know what this means or anything, but we've got Anthony, <laughs> Gordi, uh, Casey Moose, I don't, whatever, uh, Rotosaurus, I guess some kind of dinosaur thing, Dead Pedal, Deadpool Hitter, uh, FTN, and uh, Enrico Palazzo. Those are the nominate. Those are them for that category. The next category we've got best audio. Oh. Best audio visual personality, and we've got none other than hey, honey, look at this Rick Poundstone. <laughs> Yours truly is in the nomination here. We've also got oh boy, Tidbit Nibbler, otherwise uh, known as somebody I used to do a little bit more work for. We've also got something named Torres Talkies and uh, uh, Mike Simeo. And Aaron Fantasy Stacks. So that all sounds, <laughs> excuse me. So that's that. Uh, the next one is now that I don't understand this. I, this I don't understand. It just says biggest kiss ass. And there's one name, and the name is Mike Kurland. I don't know. Um, I'm sorry about this, Zach. Um, the, 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 we've got Biggest Kiss Ass, and it says Mike Kerland. I don't know what any of that means, but there's only one nomination. On to the next one, we've got NFBC Player of the Year for 2021. Uh, Felipe Dusselt. We've got Anthony Geller. Uh, oh, I, I know this man, James Gabal. Uh, Tyler Young. Uh, huh, that reminds me of Carl Jung. He studied the shadow and many other things in psychology. And also we've got John Posma. Uh, that's the best player of 2021. Uh, the next one. This, this, none of this shit, this doesn't even make any sense to me. We're talking about fantasy baseball. Best fitness video. Now, what? Why? All I have to say is why is this even a thing? Um, we've got David Mendelson, we've got Patrick or uh, 
uh, Corbin, I don't know, and yet again, a uh, person named Tidbit Nippler, Nippler, Nipple, Nibbler. Uh, the next category is best fantasy healthcare worker. Okay. Um, Dr. Jesse Morsey. We've got Dr. We've got Dr. Dave McDonald. We've got Nick Cavale. We have just regular Dave McDonald. I don't get it. Uh, MLB injury guru. And his name is Raven Guy. <laughs> <laughs> we've got we've <laughs> we've got MLB shit. We've got MLB <laughs> We've got MLB injury <laughs> We've got MLB injury guru Raven guy and uh, that is the last of that category. Now let's move on to mock draft of the year. Uh, mock draft. I guess how, long, that's how, how fucking long is this thing? I don't know. I did not create this. I just am going through. <laughs> wow, it is. We are not even halfway done. Um, dude, should I pick this up later? This. I don't even know what any of this means, but I'm on mock draft of the year. Should I do it or do you boys want to move? Go on? ahead. Just get it over with. I don't have to do this later. Okay, mock draft of the year, uh, Raz Slam, Gray Albright, uh, T, Tig, what? TGFBI, Justin Masson, uh, Labber, uh, Toot, excuse me. <laughs> Toot or a tout, and the Yahoo lobby. Uh, the next category is Least Annoying Podcast Duo. We've got Booba and the Bat Flip Crazy. We've got Jeff Erickson and Scott Jenstead. We've got Vladimir Sadler and Matty Davis. We've got Mike C uh, Simeone and Lauren Auerbach. We've got Lady and the Legend, uh, Lenny Melnick. I really like him. Now, I listen to that podcast and I really enjoy Lenny. Um, then we've got the next category, least annoying podcast trio. So, menage a trois, I guess, at this point. We've got the Launch Angle Pod. We've got uh, CBS. I've heard of that. We have Sleeper and Bust. We have the Bases Loaded podcast. And we have Rates and Burrells. Uh, on to the next category, best solo podcaster, uh, Jimmy Anderson, uh, John, oh boy, one of these Paisan type, uh, John Lagaza. We have, uh, oh boy, who listens? Nobody listens to this shit. Tidbit Nibbler. And then we've got Turn Two. Oh, and then there's also Common Sense Fantasy Baseball. I promise, folks, we're almost done. I uh, best podcast, um, huh? Oh, best podcast high stakes guest is the next category. We've got Felipe Dusselt. We've got Steve Weiner. We have John Posma. We have Mark Shreeman. 
<laughs> we have Mark who? I can't. Mark Sarie Sparrow. Is that that pizza? pizza? Yeah. yeah, the pizza at the at the uh, at the stops. Mark Sparrow. Like the airports. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And then we've got uh, Jesus Christ. This guy's on the podcast, John Fish. <laughs> wow. Oh, congrats, buddy. You're nominated for one of these fucking things. Uh, hey, feels, ter- feels terrific. Feels absolutely terrific. We got well, a guest being nominated. No, that's that's. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're on to like uh, experience like, one of the best achievements you can ever can ever experience. I think we've only got three more of okay. these now. So I'm I want to. I want to. I want to interrupt you. No, it's fine. Uh, be, uh, uh, best high stakes related podcast. Well, that's this podcast. We've got the Draft Champions podcast. We've got the Rotosaurus podcast. And we've got the pull it pop, the pull hitter pod. Uh, best new podcast is the next category. We've got the dish. Don't get it. Uh, next on Dick. And the players pod, which I also I guess that's some kind of men trying to get women like players. I don't know. Uh, the next one, individual podcast of the year. So these are podcast episodes. We've got Rob Sil- Sliver on RotoWire. We've got Felipe Dusselt on the draft, this podcast, right? Her. Um, we've got uh, Geeko. <laughs> is it, who is, is there someone laughing? I don't. We've got Geeko Industries on the pull, pull it pod. Uh, that's it. Uh, next category, hot take of the year, Kev Maharaji. <laughs> uh, Frank, am I right? And Mika Henry. Uh, on to the next one, best draft prep resource. We have got the baseball forecaster. We've got the process. We have reliever recount. And the FTN draft guide. Oh, and the SP streamer draft guide. Uh, two categories left. Here we go, boys. Best free tool. We've got Alex Chamberlain's pitch leaderboard. We have Mike Curlin's lineup tracker. Uh, the next one just says fan graphs and Derek Rhodes injury tracker. Huh, okay. And the final one, at least pointless recurring series. Odd uh, title there. Matt Williams' player breakdown. Jeff Zimmerman's mining the news. Mika Notes. Go, 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 Gophers Guys. And Bajorn. Oh, Jesus Christ. Bajorn's Boys, a segment I've never heard in my life and never will hear after the events that have taken place today. That's going to wrap it up for whatever this is. I've been speaking about these uh, nominations, and uh, we're going to throw it on back. Done? That was, that was fucking horrific, Rick. That sucked. Yeah, I, that, that, I don't know. I that just sunk a lot told. of time. Like it the um, return on investment is very bad for that type of um, what do you call it segment? Yeah, and it was right at the beginning of the show. I doubt anybody's even tuning in still. So, well, 
I doubt it too. I, I don't think they ever, I don't think they would even start to turn in because of that fucking host Bjorn. Yeah. Like, what, yeah. what is that guy? Like, what is that guy? Like, I don't understand what, like why that exists. I thought you did a nice job, Rick. Really nice job. Best I have all the, all the competitors in all the categories. Thank you. Uh, Fishman, I appreciate that. And uh, we're looking forward to getting the winners out, I believe next week. So it should be good. All right. Well, I can see why I've been missed because um, this podcast is a disaster with Bjorn. Um, so let's get started. What I wanted to talk about with uh, John Fish, Rick, you still here? You, like, why would I not be? I don't know. Do you just sort of just hang out in the background? Sort of like, uh, I don't know. I don't know, like, are you like a sort of like one of those like sign language people that like for this, it's sort of just you're on the side of the screen, but you don't sign do anything. Language. Do you know what this show would be if I were not here right now? Do you know what I have put up with the last couple of weeks? Zach? I am happy to have you back. I'm thrilled to have you back. I worship the ground you walk on. You know that. But if you're going to sit here and tell me that I don't do a service to you, huh, boy, you got another thing coming. All right, all right, all right. All right, Rick, you're, you're great. I'm, I do I do love you. I do respect you. I do respect your information technology skills. So, but we do have to uh, move on with this podcast. What we want to talk about with Fish here, and Fish, you've been in a lot of leagues. You, how many how many leagues have you been drafting? Um, or how many leagues have you drafted? It's got to be 30, 40 already. It's got to be around 30. Yeah, I'm going to try to finish up around 40 when all is said and done, as long as the season can uh, pick it up here a little bit and start uh, close to on time. If it uh, drags on any longer... I might go more. I don't know. We'll see. But I hope open to finish up around 40. But yeah, probably around 30 right now. Cool. Yeah, I'm pretty much in line with you, probably. Uh, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit more. But um, so I think you're you're the perfect person to talk about this topic with. And this topic is sort of group is about groupthink. There's a groupthink mentality that sort of evolves over draft season. So ADP fluctuates. And what I want to talk about is not guys like Marcus Simeon who, who who's at, who've, at, who've had a change in ADP because of um, like a like a like an identifiable reason, but um, rather players that have moved or certain um, strategies that have sort of developed with with that that haven't been based on any sort of other changes that can be easily identified. So an example of that could be like pitchers that are now being drafted in the in the early two hundreds that were sometimes going in the three hundreds or even potentially later, like way, way later. And I'll give you two examples. One is Bailey over and one is Alex Cobb. So there just seems to be a group thinking. And what I mean by that is like, why, why was it that um, before you can get these guys well past 300 and now you could never get them almost never past 250. What do you think about that? And I understand Cobb has now signed, but that was always, it really always was assumed he would sign with the San Francisco giant, San Francisco team. Um, but um, even even since that signing, he's, he's he's moved up quite a bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I think just the more people are drafting, a lot of a lot of people are drafting with the same people. Um, you know, we've been in multiple drafts together, and we see a lot of the same people, the same drafts. So I think uh, once you miss out and you see somebody else taking some guys, it especially good players. When you see good players take take certain guys, you not maybe not necessarily we're out on them, but you look into them more and you become into them. The more you look into it, the more you deep dive into them. And that just goes with that. I mean, that's just not really those two guys. That's a lot of guys. Um, but yeah, I think that's the, that's the main, main reason for those two guys. And I can tell you 
for me personally, Bailey Ober is somebody who's um, the very beginning of draft season. I wasn't so much in on, uh, but I, I've I've gotten to the point where I'm uh, I'm definitely in on him. I love him to get uh, get him on all my teams moving forward. And the cost is still it, it's it's creeping up, but it's still palatable, I think. And um, yeah, I think that's uh, you know that that's a guy that I'm in on. I, the more I looked into him, the more I saw how elite he was in the minors in terms of whip. Um, that's something that I'm always keeping an eye on. I just, I can't stand guys that have terrible whips because terrible whips generally lead to terrible ERAs, so on and so forth. Um, but his, uh, his numbers in the minors were fantastic as, in terms of his whips. So he is somebody um, I think that can also take a step forward in strikeouts. I think he was around nine per nine last year, but yep. uh, yeah. So I think he's somebody who can also take a step forward because he did strike out more guys in the minors as well. So We'll see. Um, yeah, I think he's definitely uh, worth worth the cost of uh, the price on him right now, though. Yeah, I think his slider below went up quite a bit um, um, over the course of the season. And um, he did have those elite numbers in the minors. He's a big, tall, tall guy that can throw, um, you know, like his, his velocity is going up and a lot, a lot of the peripherals, peripherals followed suit that last part of the season. Um, he's a guy that I was I was able to get the first draft, the very first uh, draft of the year we did on the NFBC. Um, I don't know if you were in it, but we, Mike the Mouth was in it. I got over at like uh, pick, like in round thirty, which is crazy. Because why did I wait that long? When I'm and it's sort of it's funny to think of like why did I risk waiting that long? And I liked over, but I it just I guess you're sort of feeling out the market and you're playing ADP chicken. And ADP chicken gets a little bit easier to play. You get a little bit uh, a better sense on when you need to take guys. Uh, because in some of these drops, like I was way off, like I didn't like him, but I didn't know when I needed to take him. And I think it's more, it's all, it's what you said. It's like you, some play, some players, you sort of, um, take note like, okay, why is this guy drafting in this early? Like, let me look into him. You'll find out more information. And, but a lot of it's like, okay, I was just wrong in where I needed to take this guy. I, now I need to bump this guy up. I, I thought I could wait like a hundred picks later than I needed to. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, uh, no early draft season, there's no ADP. So it's, it's yeah, it's like you said, you're playing chicken. You have no idea where guys are going to go. Um, maybe you, maybe you're in. Let's say somebody like us that does a lot of drafts. Maybe that first draft of the year, you take guys that you like, but you don't take your big targets, and you yeah. just see kind of where they where they land, and then you then your next it's kind of sets the sets the tone for where their ADP is, and then you can you know pound out you know a lot of shares of that player. Um, yeah. But, and, I was kind of disappointed in myself for not being on over to begin with, because I actually picked him up in my main event last year. And, um, and he obviously wasn't like amazing last year, but he was still, you know, pretty solid uh, for, be, for being a pickup in a 15 team league. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely making up for it um, in the, in the, over the last couple months though. Yeah, no, Ober's a guy I've been in on um, like since even before the start of last year, I had him picked him up in a bunch of dynasty leagues as well. So he's a guy I liked. Um, Cobb is another guy, um, I don't, I, and you see, you, I think it's more also that ADP stabilizes over time too, because those first drafts that we were in, you talk about guys like us, we, we could sort, we could sort of afford to play ADP chicken because we're in a lot of drafts. But you see guys, um, and I'm just assuming here, that don't play as many leagues. Well, I'm not assuming that I know that, but um, uh, I'm assuming that like you see guys like in that first draft. I remember people were were reaching. Well, I'm trying to word this carefully, but carefully, but like Max Meyer. He's a guy that's going around pick 500. 
he went like at pick 300 in that first, in one of those first drafts. <clears throat> because I don't think people knew where they needed to take him. They, they obviously liked him. They, they don't, you just don't know where that ADP is going to settle. And just like any sort of uh, baseball stat, ADP sort of stabilizes over time and, and the drafts become less variable. So I think that's, that's another thing. Any other pitchers that you've noticed that just sort of uh, you were, you were out on at first um, he needs another guy, but he did have a, he did have a noticeable um, reason for a change because he did get signed by the Dodgers. Um, mm -hmm. Anyone else? It's sort of just like you were able to get way cheaper at first. Um, off the top of my head, I can't really you like, think. You, I know you like, you're a big, you're a big Ronzi guy. Yeah. It's just kind of a, you know, you saw what he did in the minors and he's a top prospect. He should get an opportunity with Pittsburgh it's um, it's kind of more of a lottery ticket than actually truly believing uh, that he's going to be elite. Um, like I actually believe Bailey Ober is going to be really good this year. Um, I'm not so sure on on uh, on Ronzi, but I'm uh, it's yeah. It's, like I said, it's kind of a lottery ticket. It kind of reminds me a little bit of my Jazz pick last year. It was kind of a lottery ticket there too. Yeah, um, and that worked out. Um, and now I had some other things that didn't work out as well. So uh, you know, I, I didn't get everything right, but. That's that's kind of what I what Ronzi kind of reminds me of. Well, I I, um, I heard the last podcast, and I'm sure everyone turned it off because Bjorn was just so awful. But um, Chris Fessler, who's an amazing player, was talking about those San Francisco Giants. Speaking of Cobb, and um, he said he really he really likes Cobb. Uh, he said he's not so in on Wood, but obviously he likes Wood. He likes uh, Webb, um, and then he said if you had to rank them, he'd go Webb, um, Webb, then Cobb, and then Disclafani. Uh, who he likes uh, a fair bit as well, but he was seems like he's he just he seemed really confident about Cobb. What what are your thoughts on Cobb? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Cobb. Uh, you know, we we see what uh, we see what the you know San Francisco has been able to do with those with those veteran pitchers, and we've we've seen Cobb be really good before, right? Like he was really good in his stint with um, with the Rays. So I think that. Yeah, I think that Cobb is, uh, I think he's going to be really solid. I think he's just kind of been marred a little bit by injuries over the last few years, but I think he's, uh, I think he's definitely a candidate. He's definitely worth his prop, worth his, uh, the, the price that you're going to pay to get him. You know, you're not spending a, a top pick. So if he doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. Uh, but he's definitely, along with Ober, like two, my, two of my biggest late round targets. Yeah, they're, they're notable sleepers. Um, I think McK Tristan McKenzie could, could end up, um, going into that um, sort of realm as well as we, as we, as the draft season goes on, and then depending on how much the season gets short. And I think Michael Colbeck could be one of those people as well, just in that, in that range. And then there's another guy I like a lot, but I'm not going to say his name. Um, and, well, for Colbeck, it just comes down to, is he going to start? Right. Like that's kind I think of, so. I, think I, I, I think so too. And you know, that they got an elite offense, their, their bullpen is loaded. There's really not much to not like about him. I mean, we, we've seen what he, his strikeout numbers, what he's able to do. Um, we just saw that last year, you know, and even in the spot starts, he was he was pretty solid. So, yeah, if, if you know, I, I think he's somebody who would really shoot up the boards if there was no lockout right now and he was named in the rotation. I think he would be one that would shoot way up the boards. For sure. This podcast, like I, I've, I've been known to say that this is, a, this is a Teach a Man to Fish podcast. We're going to talk about strategy. This is this one's sort of um, we're sort of going off that a little bit, but because we are talking about this group think and how it sort of morphs ADP and thing and and um, ADP shifts over time um, from October when we, me and you started drafting to to like now, 
when the main event should be starting. So we are going to get into a little bit more granular analysis here with players. I'm sure Yancey will be thrilled about that. Um, but um, speaking, I think you mentioned uh, Barrero. Um, the, guy, the couple guys, uh, Jeremy Pena, Bryson Stoughton, Jose Barrero, those three shortstops. Those guys, again, it feels like a group think thing, maybe watching or um, hearing prospect uh, people like James Anderson or whoever, whoever else you hear talking about prospects or you see good players tracking these guys. These guys seem to have been gradually increasing their ADP. And you've seen people reach on them and be more willing to reach on those three guys. What are your thoughts on them? Uh, Barrero is, he's a huge target. He is essentially my jazz of last year. I know I kind of mentioned that with Rose. He kind of reminds me of it, but uh, Barrero is like my jazz of last year. He's like the first guy I'm trying to take uh, shortly after my roster is filled. I've even had a couple teams where I have ended up with him as my starting shortstop. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do that, you just got to backfill, you know, in draft champions, you got all these draft slides. You just got to backfill with, with shortstops that are going to play every day. Somebody like N. Jelton Simmons, way at the you know, 49th, 50th round is he can fill in, you know, in case Barrero isn't up right away. Um, but he should be, um, but we'll see. I mean, Barrero, you know, you look at his numbers last year, um, in the minors, you know, 19 home runs, 16 steals. It's just, it's that power speed combo. Mm-hmm. We saw how awful that Cincinnati infield defense was when they're trying Suarez at shortstop. There's just no reason not to not to play Barrero there. Put him at shortstop. Let him play every day. Cincinnati still got a decent lineup even with the loss of Castellanos. It's a hitter's park. There's just there's no reason not to uh, not to have him in the opening day lineup. Yeah, I wish he was um, last year's Jazzism last year because he was my most owned player last year by far. Um, I think I had hundred percent ownership of him um, a, a good chunk of the way through draft season this year. I have a bunch of them too. Sometimes I'll notice myself and you fighting for him. I know you like him too, um, but um, yeah, no, for those same reasons, like I, I think he could be a good pick as well. So I agree with that. Um, uh, moving on to let's talk, let's talk about closers. And there's two, there's two sort of um, areas you can talk about closers. What's going on there? Sorry about that. Okay, no problem. Um, so the early closers. You can thank uh, um, Rick. You want to say his name again? The the Philippe guy. Philippe Dussel. Yeah, him. So you yeah. can thank him. For, you can thank him a lot for that. For the early players, closers getting pushed up. I don't know if that's groupthink or that's just Phil like co- trying to copy Phil because let's call a spade a spade. People are fucking copying Phil because they seen him do that. Tidbit is, I'll tell you right now, Tidbit's a copycat. <laughs> He's been copying Phil all offseason long. Um, I've just kind of learned about uh, all of this fantasy baseball stuff, but I do know that that's what he's doing and he's ripping them off. And any success that he has this year is solely off the blood, sweat, and tears of that Dusseltman. And uh, that's just what I've got to say. All right. I don't think you're the only one. Yeah. So there's. So there's some early, the, the early closers. Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of hesitant to even talk about that because it's been beaten so to death on like on every podcast, but um, fish, you can, you can choose to talk about that. Or there's two guys that are going real late that are, aren't going as late as they were Their Their ADPs have been pushed up. Like I think at least 10 rounds um, Boxberger and Alcala. I, like, I, I don't Burgers. know. I, I don't know. I didn't hear anyone else really talk about it as much as I did, and, but, but he had a seismic shift in his ADP. Like, 
like a lot. He's going to, I was getting him in round 40 plus, And now you're, now he's sometimes going before round 30. Do you think he signs somewhere to close? Is that why you're in on him? I don't. Yeah. I think, I think he, I think he has the skills too. And I think he's, I think just the way the closer market is like the box burgers and the Taperas, like they're better than the incumbents that people think have the jobs like Dylan Floro, Kyle Finnegan, if he's the guy over Rainey, um, whoever's in Chicago um, on the Cubs, um, like fucking even the Padres, um, like, and then there's other teams that don't expect to, to spend money, but like, Tapera go to Oakland, maybe like they're just they're just Voxberger and Tapera just have the skills to be better than so many of the top options on the team. So it's just like you hope they don't go to a team that already has a better guy. What do you think? Yeah, no, I I completely agree. That that's uh that's you know that's kind of, I got a couple shares of them, so I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Um, I'm I'm if you miss out on if you don't spend early picks on top closers like this is kind of the, the boat you fall in right like you got to go for guys like him uh you got to load up on somebody like ian kennedy you know there's there's a whole plethora of guys some guy that i'm taking a lot of kind of same mindset is brad hand you know he's done it before obviously his skills fell off last year but it doesn't mean some team won't just give him a shot hopefully flip him at the deadline and you know he's somebody who's proven he's been able to, to do it before so yeah, I, I completely understand your, your thought process behind, uh, behind Boxberger. Um, Alcala, I think for me, I, I don't have much of him. I think it's going to be after the trade deadline for him. I don't think he'll start with the job. I think that's going to be Taylor Rogers. Now, Taylor Rogers could get moved before um, before the before the season starts, but it's you know that's basically his his job. So I, I think Alcala is kind of like the you take him, you just kind of. You, you, you know, you're not really going to be able to, I mean, you can, you know, spot them in certain weeks. If you don't think you got a one start pitcher, that's, you know, not very good. Doesn't have a good matchup, but I think Alcala is somebody's it's almost like a handcuff kind of. So like if you take Rogers and then you take Alcala later, like that would make some sense to me. But uh, yeah, he's somebody I just don't have any, any shares of the, the guys that I want to take shots on are guys that I think can close right away. Like, I think they can legitimately get the job from day one. Yeah, like, um, you're talking about, like, the Kennedys. Uh, Rainey, Rainey's in that in that sort of range. Yeah, yep. There's a, That's another spec guy. Perfect example. Another another guy that who could close from day one. You know, we just, we don't know, you know, with, with no spring training going on and, like, just no movement. You just, it, everything's speculation outside of, like, what like six or seven closers so yeah um kennedy's a guy that couldn't really move up that much he was already being drafted fairly early i think in the late around pick 300 but yeah of course he'd move up like crazy um were you getting any um uh Knebel early before he got signed yeah one of the early drafts this year i got him in the 29th round i know we we had kind of talked about that uh and then i think he signed the next day I think we were talking about it and like, you know, that's, we got to do more drafts because we got to get more shares of him. Cause that's, that's a perfect example. Like, and this is some, he's somebody exact same situation as Boxberger and, until he signed. Right. What if Boxberger signs with, let's say Texas, he's probably the favorite to close, right? Yeah. So, you think, you know what? Everyone seems to be down on Barlow, Joe Barlow. I'm not so down on him. Um, 
he had like elite numbers in the, in the minors for, and he, they, he was used as a closer. Um, so the more I looked at him, the more, like if they bring in Kenley Jensen, yeah, he's fucked. But um, the more I look at him, I heard on a podcast, I forget which one it was. They said they were talking about Bar- Joe Barlow on the, on the Rangers. And they said that, yeah, he didn't have that like swing and miss ability in the, in the majors last year as like in the role. So they, they think that um, they're going to bring in somebody to, to take his job. I'm not so sure because they used sort of been, he looked like he was sort of groomed to be a closer in, in the minors. And it was a pretty small sample size for what he did in the majors, like relatively, like I, I don't, have, I don't recall exactly how many innings he threw, but it was a pretty small sample size. I think that. Um, yeah. It's 20, 29 innings. Yeah. That's not huge. Like just because like his K numbers are not um, off the charts doesn't mean that he's not going to be able to do that next, next year, given his track record or someone that's going to, that can punch a lot of guys out. Right. I think it's just more so like the, you know, the, the job stability. I, I, I definitely see what you're saying. And his K, his K for nine was uh, pretty good in the minors as well. But I think it's kind of just the, the stability thing. Yeah. And he's, he's 25. You know, they always talk about, you, you know, you don't want to have a young elite reliever as your closer because arbitration and all that stuff. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, again, it's just, it's all, it's all speculation. And we just, there's really no concrete answers to, to really any of it. The only thing that gives me pause with him is um, the fact that the Rangers went out and spent a lot. So why would they go into the season with him? Uh, sort of a, with that little experience. So that's basically what you're saying. It's just like, there's no, there's no assurance right, right now. And that's why, right. people, that's why people are paying up for closers. You didn't mention Rogers on, on the, on the twins, just circling back to that. Um, He's a guy that's been moving up. I think people are just sort of didn't, I think, including myself, didn't realize that just like, okay, this guy probably has a job. Everyone else that was sort of there, like they had, I think they had Robles and Colome at one point, if I'm not mistaken, they're all gone. So I think people are like, wait a second, like, why is this guy going like, why is there a huge break between like Knebel and Kimbrell and this guy? This guy has, has great skills, um, elite skills. Um, and um, he probably got the job. Unless like they give it to Alcala for some reason, which I agree with you. I don't think they do. So yeah, I, I completely agree. His, I, think, his, I think he's undervalued still. Yeah. Strikeout rate is elite. He doesn't give up a lot of home runs. Um, he doesn't walk guys. You know, what more do you want from a from a from a closer? Uh, you know, he's a high ground ball guy as well. Yeah, I, I think he's completely undervalued. And I'm actually disappointed talking about it that I don't have as many shares as so. I don't think I have any shares of it. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I know I have a couple, but definitely not not enough. Yeah, especially because I'm I'm somebody who likes to get one elite closer and then kind of wait. He would have been the perfect number two guy, right? You know, he's going in what like 11, 12th round, 13th round, somewhere in there. But yep. he would have been the perfect guy. His Babbitt last year was sky high, so he's definitely uh, he's definitely a target of mine moving forward. Yeah, me too. It's just a matter of, I think his price just keeps rising. So that's, it's sort of hard when you've done this many drafts, like you and I, to, to sort of adjust. And like, after you've missed him so many times, probably in like around 13, 14, and just pass by him because I, you just, like, I've been addressing my closers early. Like, like, like you said, I've been getting one elite one, and then I've been getting one in the Kimbrel, Knebel, Melanson, whoever mm-hmm. else in that range, right? So I just, yeah. he just never, he was never really able to be part of my plan because I didn't want him to be, I didn't want to, it's sort of like what Phil said on my podcast. He's like, yeah, like I could like maybe, and Phil, Phil didn't mention 
Taylor Rogers name at all, but I'm just, let's say that he is somebody that, that you like. Phil said, Phil said, I'll just repeat what he said. He said that I'll like to take two early because I do like two or three later, but if I, if I want to, if I want to go with that plan, I'm going to have to reach like two or three rounds on them. So like if he, if he were to take a Hendricks and wait and say, just theoretically, you did like Taylor, um, Taylor Rogers. That's his name, right? Taylor. I got a little mixed yep. up. Taylor, yep. uh, not Tyler, Taylor, Taylor Rogers and the twins. Then if his ADP is around round 12, you're going to want to get him in round 10 anyways. And you're, and you're going to ruin all that value. You might as well have gotten a, a better one. So that, that, that stuck out to as something that made a lot of sense to me is what Phil said. Um, and you're not guaranteed to get them, right? You know, there's going to be somebody else in the, that might be higher. You know, then you never know what, what's going to happen at a draft. So you can't just always be like, oh, I'll just get him later. I'll just get this guy later. Like, yeah, there's, there could, it all it takes is one person to jump it, right? You know, somebody who missed out on the closers and they're like, okay, I got to get one. So, you know, they might jump three rounds to grab it. You just never know. Yeah, it's in these DCs these, because there's no fab. It's sort of like a bird in the hand. Like when I'm in, if I take, if I get an elite closer in the first four rounds, and I'm in round six, and I love all these bats. There's some great, there's some great starting pitchers available. There's some really good like four category bats that I really like. But then you see Kenley Jansen in the six, or you see Chapman fall in the six. I'm like, okay, well, this is like, it wasn't really part of my plan, but. Um, especially if, if especially if there's nothing else you really love, it's like we might as well just sometimes sometimes I just might as well just lock it up and get my second closure there because mm-hmm. you, you you don't want to be um, stuck in reaching um, in the later rounds that sometimes it's sometimes worse. It's it's I mean this is why saves are like such a headache for people that want to wait right because there's only a certain amount of people that can get saves whereas literally every single hitter can get you runs and RBIs and home runs. It's the scarce batting average. Yeah. And every single pitcher can get you strikeouts. It might not be elite, but they could still contribute there. Not all pitchers are going to contribute to saves. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's obviously every, every year, every year, it's a huge point of discussion about how are you going to get your saves? You know, closes are going so early. I, I'm not going to spend that early on a closer. It's like, you know, Okay, then don't, but, you know, you kind of got to get lucky then, especially with the situation right now where we're still locked out. We have, you know, maybe 10 closers you can be confident in. So if you don't spend early on a closer, it's all speculation. Like everybody who's taking Blake Turner, what if Ken, what if Kenley goes back there? You're fucked. Probably. You, kinda, you just pretty much wasted a pick. It, yeah, you could talk about how his ratios and his strikeouts. It doesn't matter. If he's not getting you saves, it's a wasted pick for how high he's going. Right. So let's move over to prospects or post type guys. What, what, what the, and the group think that I'm referring to here is like Benintendi Conforto. They're going around pick 200, maybe a little bit earlier, but they're sort of like boring now, but yet they were like top 10 overall picks, high pedigree. And you got guys that have either no track record or shitty track records that are sort of getting a bump for their upside. And those players are wit. He doesn't have a track record or O'Neill Cruz. And you got like Victor Robles and Nick Senzel, who are also top picks um, that have been really bad. Uh, yet they were still, they're still going at a, pl- at a price that is not reflective of what they've done. Um, Jared Kalenix and an ex may be the best example of this. Now, what do you think about this sort of group think in terms of just like, somehow we've just like assigned um, that, the latter players have upside yet Conforto and Benintendi lack that upside. 
Um, talk about that and tell me, maybe is it is it just the lack of stolen bases? Is that is that what it is? I think it's mostly because I think we've seen the ceiling for Benintendi and Conforto, and we haven't quite seen it from those other guys. I think those other guys have potential, you know, first, second round value in them, you know, just because of the stolen bases. What if, you know, what if Bobby Witt plays from day one, goes 25-25? Yeah. I think that's well within the possibility of happening. You could go um, shit, like, right, Rick? Uh, excuse me. What, what? What's up, boys? Bobby Witt. He could go ape shit, couldn't he? Bobby Witt ape shit. Are we doing? Are we doing like a rhyming game? All right. Never mind. I don't. All right. Play, come back here, baby. You can, you can go back on mute. I was me and the what? Well, I don't want to get into it, but I'm I'm here, boys. All right. Um. So, but, but fish. Explain like. But Ben Intendi, was it 2019? What year was it? Where he was he was like basically a third round pick that year because he was going to be like maybe he had 2020 with upside, sort of the same. He was getting described the same way that you're describing Wit, and you can you can almost bet that he's going to hit for a better batting average, or most people think that he will. Um, I guess just like we like all of a sudden he doesn't have that upside anymore because he did once. Like does he did he lose that skill because he's getting thrown out a lot when he steals? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, he was, I think he was uh, coming off of, it was pretty close to, a, it was a 2020 year, right? I think he had a 2020 year and he was a high draft pick and we all thought he was going to have that super elite batting average. So, and he was young, right? So when you're that young, you think you can take another step forward and, you know, he just never did. Now he bounced back a little bit last year and was, it was pretty solid at 276. 17 home runs and, and eight steals, but he got caught nine times. So yeah. is he going to continue to run? You know, he, he's, he's on the right team to continue to run. But if you're getting thrown out more than 50% of the time, like that's a problem. Every manager has got to be able to, you know, throw them, throw the stop sign up. Right. You know, that's, that's ridiculous. It's not even, not even close to being like how successful you need to be if you're going to be running a lot. So. And he's in a bad park for home runs, right? As yep. well, but if yep. you look at Terrible if you if you look at each ones. one of his skill sets like in a vacuum, like like each one of the buckets, like the categories, like average, like he has his range of outcomes are reasonably to hit three hundred. His range of outcomes are reasonably to hit twenty five home runs. His range of outcomes, like could he steal twenty bases? Yeah, maybe like that. They're all like it's in the range of outcomes for every part of him to be like this stud player. It's just like everything has to come together and. um and yeah, and he's still in his prime. He's, he's 27, right? So this should be like his... People know, consider his, that him on a bad team. Yo, he, he hit over... He hit, he hit over he hit 303 versus lefties last year and 264 versus um, uh, versus righties. So he had reverse splits. So it's not that. Yeah. At least it wasn't that last year. Yeah, I, I think he's just... Uh, I think he's a tough tough player to figure out. Yeah. And then Conforto, I don't know what you're hoping for. Like he had that Babbitt when he had that great season, he had a, he had a really high Babbitt. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to really steal a lot of bases, but I think people are just hoping he might go to Colorado, but his price really hasn't moved again. Another, like he's like a Ben and Tandy kind of, um, but just with less speed. 
but he's going pretty late as well. It's like, there's, I, but I think we were having this conversation, I think on Twitter. And I think it's not that like, okay, Ben and or Conforto, those players should be valued at a, a spot where they um, they're just going, they're just going at a, at a price that's cheaper than what, what we think their range of outcomes could be. But I think it's just, it's just like that outfield range in that little bucket. There's so many outfielders that could take that next step and provide enormous value. Like you can list them. Like there's Hap, there's Abisail Garcia, um, Eddie Rosario's in that little range, Renfro, like all these guys could provide enormous value from where they're going. It's just like, which one do you like? Right. So it's not that, yeah. it's not that Benetton's going too late. It's just like, there's just so many outfielders. It's just, it's just a nice like honey hole of outfielders um, to, to pick at them there. That's why I like to, I like to sort of target, hole, huh? target the, what? Oh, this honey hole made me giggle a bit. Oh, you don't seem like you're laughing. I sometimes it's just this kind of a like a smile comes across my face, but my wife and I looked at each other and kind of went, "Huh?" When you said honey hole, it just you know. What did uh, What did Mags uh, think of the honey hole? Honey, did you want to? That's not for the air, boys. That's not for the air. Uh, yeah, that's personal. Okay. Anyway, so, anything else to add on that? All right. Well, let's talk about Trevor Story. He's another guy that's been uh, moving up boards, um, getting him in the late fourth round, early fourth round. It doesn't matter either way. He's now um, he's almost moved up like one or two whole rounds um, since the beginning of our draft season. You know, I know you are pretty vocal about loving Story. Um, mm-hmm. I got myself quite a few shares of him early on, but now he's sometimes going in the late second round. Yeah, uh, I blame I blame two people for this this skyrocket. Uh, Vlad Sadler put a tweet out. Um, it was right before he started his first draft, I believe, where he's talking about uh, eight guys at their current ADP and guys going later. And he, for, you know, like why? What's the disparity there? Why? Why is there the disparity? And Story was one of those guys that he had mentioned that was going later. And then. Phil posted his board where he took story in the early third. So uh, yeah, I blame both of those guys for us now having to pay a higher price for him because we were getting him in the fourth round uh, pretty consistently too in the early draft season. So yep. He's going after a lot of those other short stuff. He was going after like Wander Franco. Uh, Yeah. And he's, he's now, he's now properly priced. Um, but I'm glad we were able to get our shares where we did. Um, and I'll, and I'm still happily paying uh, two, three turn price. I have no problem with it at all. Yeah. Um, and I think um, I didn't mean, I didn't I really intend to bring up Wander Franco, but that's a, that's a good little comparison because like Wander was going like, I, I don't remember, I don't have it off the top of my head, but it seemed like uh, in those October, November drafts, Wander was always going consistently before story because people just like, I saw Wander go in the second round and this like I don't I don't talk about too much on this podcast in terms of revealing guys and how I value them, but that was one of the things I did say. Um, I said that I think Wander's overvalued, uh, and I didn't I didn't say anything about story, but like you said, Vlad and Phil, that's going to do it. Like, are people that stupid? They're just going to are people are are not NFBC drafters that stupid? They just zombie sheep their way to Phil and Vlad, and now all of a sudden, bam, Trevor Story's like a like he's ranked like. 29th player off the board or something like that like he's basically you said you're taking the two three um turn that's where he's basically going now consistently so um yeah 
I, I just think, yeah. How I does think, it happen? How does this happen? Like, I guess, like, is it just Phil and Vlad? Like, is that what it is? Well, I mean, I think it's a big, big part of it. Um, I think, I think, it, I think that's a big part of it. But I also think that the the better players are always going to move up, right? You know, once people realize after a couple of drafts, like, oh, well, I'm a little bit short on speed, or I didn't like my shortstop that I ended up with, and you know, gradually these guys just move up, or maybe they, you know, the more research being done, you know, Wander, like you're saying about Wander Franco, like he had all the hype. And then people looked into it and they're like, well, wow, he doesn't really steal that many bases. And, you know, it doesn't really have that much power. So could he eventually? Yeah, sure. But just from what we saw last year, it doesn't really look like it, especially the speed. And I think people kind of looked at that and they're like, oh, okay. And then the more drafts you do, the more you realize how speed kind of dries up when you get towards the middle, middle of late rounds. You, you see pockets of players going, oh, I like all the pitchers in this area. I like all the the sluggers in this area okay well that means i kind of need to get my speed earlier so that means you got to move speed guys up a little bit so i think it's just a combination of everything but i think um you know early draft season with no adp is always going to look different than you know in march march drafts and fe- february drafts it's always going always going to look different well phil, yeah. also, phil also phil also said Wander, he would rather he's out on Wander, frankly, because he said he's a better real life player than a, than a fantasy player. So that's thank Phil. We'll polish his ball some more, mention his name again. Um, but he's he helped move the market for Wander. I loved it when Wander was getting drafted in the third or fourth round, or, or if you're in a, graf, a draft of the correct blanket ship, um, he goes in the first or second round with Mondesi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing about Wander is he, he's going to hit for a high average, we know that. That's that's like a given. He's going to have a, a, a nice, solid amount of runs in RBIs. We know that. The issue comes in with the home runs and the stolen bases, right? He, I think 15 home runs and five stolen bases is easily within his range of possibilities. Now, he could hit 25 home runs. I don't know where he's going to come in in the speed, though. I, I just I, – I, I struggle to see where he's going to come in at a high – like, I don't see – 10 stolen bases. I just, how, everything you've, we've seen, how, where do you, where do you come up with 10 stolen bases? I, I just, I don't, I don't think he can get there, but you know, we'll see. Right. Um, we can't be in on every player basically. So he's definitely one that I'm out on because I do like other guys, um, other shortstops, especially like, why, why would you take Wander Franco when you can get Willie Adamas later? I, I don't see too big of a difference there. And I see more power with somebody like Willie Adamas. Yeah, um, Rick. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rick, were you, you guys were you? are. I have a quick follow up on this Trevor story. Uh, the other day, and I wanted to get you men's thoughts on this, but uh, a gentleman had put out a tweet basically saying that uh, Trevor's story away from Coors Field was nothing different from this uh, the Jizz uh, Chazel player. Now, is that, uh, do you believe that to be accurate or? Fish, do you want to handle this one or do you want me to grab this one? Uh, you, you can go first. Well, um, I like Trevor's story a lot and I don't like Jazz Chisholm um, or Jizz Chasm. Um, I, I, think, I think that um, Chisholm, I think that the batting average is going to be a big problem if you're taking that early. Um, I think it, it could be the it could be to a point where that batting average loses in playing time. You saw what happened in the second half. 
Um, it's just a, it's not as safe of a pick as I'd like. Um, whereas Story, like, I think you're pretty, I think he's shown what he can do. And I, I think that it might be a little bit overblown in terms, in terms of the disparity that you see um, out of cores once that, um, once that player moves, moves out to a different team, as we've seen. Um, Arenado, Matt Holiday. So I'm not, I'm not too worried. I just think, I just think Story's a really good player. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. As much as I was in on Jazz last year, the, the price is just a little bit too high for my liking. Um, like you said, with the batting average, I do think the power speed can be there, but I think you're, you, I think he's prone to um, some long slumps with that with that uh, hit tool, the batting average. Um, I'm just trying to think of like different possibilities that where I would be fine with Jazz. Let's say I have the one pick and I start with. Uh, let's say Trey Turner and, you know, Jordan Alvarez makes it to me at pick 30, you know, you got a really, really good batting average base there. So let's say you go hit pitchers in three, four in year on the clock, first picker on five. It does make some sense for me there. Um, but yeah, it, it'd have to be like the perfect roster build. And, five, and six. Even, like how, like I just have a struggle. I just struggle taking jazz at any point, no matter what your build is over like a guy like Altuve or something like that. Yeah. And I definitely, I have way more shares of Altuve and I definitely have more shares of Jorge Polanco. Um, okay. That's, that's a big target for me. I really like that guy. So. Yeah. yeah. I think if you're shooting uh, for the upside, maybe like in these draft champions, maybe that is not as palatable, but like in, in an OC, like does that, does that do anything more for you? Because he could like, as our buddy guilds would say, like this guy could go 30, 30 easily yeah yeah and, and oc i mean the thing is about the oc and and the and the draft champions like you such a large portion goes towards your overall right so you have to take a lot of get some guys like at their you know expecting their ceiling or hoping for their ceiling so you can't just take all floor guys you know it's just not going to work out for you yeah i came i came so, out on one of the, i came out on one of those ocs um the other day the last one that i did um with Bjorn, Bjorn was in that one. And um, I like, I draft, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty like risky, I guess, in terms of like relative to other players. I take, I do take risks uh, and go for upside, but some, like, I felt like I didn't have enough risk coming out of that draft. Like my, I felt my draft was too normal. So I think you do have to have, um, you're right. You do have to have like a certain degree of upside in those drafts. And Fessler was talking about that too. He's like, really like you aim like, he's aiming for like the 90th percentile, not the 80th percentile, because um, that's what you got to do to like compete for these overall. So like you need, you need to have something, somebody that has like the higher range of outcomes, not just like your guys that are are less variable. Right. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. It's just, it's tough to take, it's, it's tough to spend that high of a draft pick on, you know, holding for upside essentially. So that's where the kind of the, I just wish he was going like a round or two later kind of comes into play. And like you said, like yeah. guys like Altuve, you know, I mentioned the Polanco, even like Brandon Law, like we, we just saw what Brandon Law was able to do. Like that's a, uh, it, it's tough to take somebody like jazz over somebody you can go 40 and 10. Right. You know, and so it's, uh, yep. it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it just hasn't worked out for me yet for with, with jazz, but I, I do understand why people are in on him because they do see that upside. So what's what's the group think with Blau um, on the on the Rays? Like because like every this I've heard this before I've said this before, he is going like at a later point than he was last year after he went like forty ten right or whatever. Yeah, 
Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I, Same thing I, with Altuve kind of as well. Like he, Altuve did come back to what he was basically and maybe more than what you'd expect. And he's still going at the same spot pretty much. I think the, the thing is like these guys that don't steal a lot of bases yeah. are always the ones that fall a little bit because you have all these closers going up there and then you have starting pitchers getting pushed up. Right. And then you yep. have, you know, then, and then obviously you have all the, you know, the elite bats with the, that can give you speed. So somebody has to fall and it's always these guys like that. Like, that's why I think like round six is just like, if I'm drafting at the back end, that five, six turn, like that is where I'm going second base. Right. almost every draft and that's why it's tough for me to take somebody like Albies in the in the at that one two turn because I know that I have all those options at second base that five six turn yeah that's a good point so yeah um how do you how do you build or how do you build a team to to hit that honey hole of second baseman in that round five six five six um area so do you want to like you want to you want to have that, that's just that's the ABC aces bases closers you got to really hammer them you can't that's that's why for me you can't afford to take an Aaron Judge you can't afford to take uh Alvarez to me like those guys Castellanos Eloy like they're not in my plan uh just because of that like it, not only because those those scarce those scarcities like saves and stolen bases dry up but it's because um like I guess we're, we're talking about working backwards here and uh, working backwards from round six and that is a reason why those those guys just like are not in, on my menu. Yeah, the the so I, I kind of mentioned this and kind of talked with on Twitter a little bit about this. Somebody like Vlad, like I get how good he is. Like we all know how good he is, right? We all know he can hit three hundred with possibly fifty home runs and one hundred and twenty RBIs. And the problem is, and the, again, this is just like my opinion, right? This is how I like to build a team. There's so many hitters in rounds like seven through 11 that are power guys, right? That don't mm -hmm. steal. And I don't want to go into the whole list, but I can name a few of them. First of all, you got all the first basemen. So you got CJ Crone, Josh Bell, Votto, Hoskins, uh, Walsh. Then you have, if you, if you want some batting average guys, you got like JD Martinez, Winker, Reynolds. Uh, Reynolds. Yep. Those are the three right there. And like round seven that you can take, uh, you got, you know, you got catchers. You can, you can fill in there if you know, whether it's Wilson Contreras or Grandall, you have, you know, a little bit later, Kyber Ruiz and Mitch Garver. It's like all these, there's so many hitters that can provide home runs. So why are you, why are you targeting that early? Like, at least in my head, like that, that's what it's very tough for me to build a roster when I don't get stolen bases early because I love all those hitters right there. So like for me personally, I like if I'm at the one, two turn, I'm going uh, for sure. Uh, at least one starting pitcher. It's going to be either Wheeler or uh, Scherzer. Big fan of both those guys. And then I'm probably going to try to go. I mean, like Luis Robert is right there and you got you know, Kyle Tucker, not, not quite at the one, two turn, but Kyle Tucker's kind of in, you know, that 10, 11 range a lot of times. And it's just got to be somebody who's going to give me some speed because I know where the pocket of power hitters are with no speed. And it's in rounds seven through 11, even in round six with Brandon Lauer. I mean, it's another guy, like just loads of power, like power, power, power. So get your speed early, get your aces early, and then 
and you can hit those power guys later. Right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I was trying to look it up while you were talking. Like someone, like who was the guy last year that was going like in round three and four, there was a power hitter that you're like, oh, thank God I had this guy on my team. Like the guys that come to mind are Aaron Judge and Castellanos, but those guys, were, those were the guys you were getting like in the JD Martinez range this year. You weren't taking those guys that early last year. Those guys were the guys that like, yeah. like, like if, you, if you targeted them later, like if you didn't get your power guys early, then those were the guys that, that, that won you leagues, like Jordan, Judge and uh, Cassiano those guys went later like that wasn't in the early rounds I can't even think of Bottle Hanniger. I mean the yeah. list goes on and on Kyle yeah, well, Seager I mean, last those year, guys like, were like way way later but even the guys like like who former. was going who, who was a power only guy in those rounds that um that we were taking last year I'm trying to even think um in like the early rounds like where you'd be taking like a Castellanos or a judge or a Mo Vaughn what Mo Vaughn Last year? Albert Bell, I don't These are – never mind, boys. No, we're talking 2021, 20, uh, uh, Rick. I apologize. I – excuse me. I will see myself out. Okay. Um, I'm looking at the ADP from last year. I'm, there really wasn't anyone. Like, I can – like uh, – just going through here, like from round two, Bellinger, Harper, Mondesi, Machado. Like I'm looking for a guy that's going to get less than 10 stolen bases. Tucker, LeMahieu, like there's a kind of a bust. Luis Robert, kind of bust, but injured. Bogarts, Corey, Corey Seager is a good example, right? That didn't yeah. work out. That didn't work out. But all, all these guys didn't work out because he got hurt. Eloy didn't work out because he, because he got hurt. Arenado. See, there wasn't anyone like what there wasn't anyone and i'm just doing this on the fly right now like i'm looking at the 2021 adp there wasn't any like no stolen base guys in the first like three or four rounds like freddie freeman i guess is one of them but he still stole like eight to ten bases bellinger should have been a 10 stolen base guy lindor should have been harper was bogart's only stole five bogart's yeah but he was he was a guy that you thought was going to like coming off of his 2020. I think he had like eight or 10 in the short season. Right. So he was a guy that was not going to be, you're right. You're right. Um, there just wasn't those guys. So this year you have like, um, you still have Freeman, but you have Vlad there. You have Castellanos, uh, judge, a bunch of guys that are just not going to do you any good in stolen bases. Um, and they're going in these early rounds. Yeah. Um, and like last year, like everybody, a Rosa Rain is going too high. He's going too high. And then everybody kind of thought, you know, that he just, he was a kind of a bust. But he wasn't. He, he was he on a lot of 20, right? He was <laughs> so on a like, lot of winning teams. If you look at the teams that did really well, like he was on, he, you saw him on a lot of like over, like overall winning teams. And you saw him on a lot of first place teams. It's just like, even in the Jose Ramirez's down year, I think he, one of the years he just like, I think he was like hitting under 200 for the first part of the year. He was mm -hmm. still on a lot of like good winning teams because he still contributed in stolen bases. It's just like, yeah, you hear it paths to value. Right. Um, yeah. So like the, so the one other thing that I'll just touch on quick, the biggest thing, if you don't get your stolen bases early, you have to get it late. Right. Well, what do those stolen base guys do late? They don't hit, they don't, they don't hit for power. Right. So it's like that advantage you had early in the power, you're kind of giving it away by taking those, 
stolen base guys, this guys like Nicky Lopez and like you're chasing speed. It's just the worst because those are bad hitters, right? So it's like, okay, good. You got your stolen bases, but you just gave away your, your power advantage. Right. So it's, you didn't really help yourself that much. And the counting stats is another thing. So it's like, Rick, uh, Rick, Rick, you were telling me that you had a lot of follow on no Nicky Lopez shares. I love uh, Nicky Lopez. Any man named Nicky, I'm fascinated by. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I there's a lot of good hitters on this uh, Kings Ball Club, uh, or excuse me, Royals Ball Club. I like the you mentioned that Robert Witt earlier. We've got uh, another Witt, uh, Murfield, and yeah, I just I I love all these Royals boys. Great, great. That's great stuff. Now, last guy I'm going to talk about is Miles Straw. He was going a lot earlier. It feels, um, I haven't checked the ADP um, to like compare month by month, but it seems like he's sort of fallen off a bit. It seems like a group thing type thing. Maybe like people are making fun of it a little bit on Twitter, um, the Miles Straw thing. Um, but let's go to Rick. Rick, you're sort of quiet. You're, you're here anyways. You're sort of like my guy in the corner, like a sign language guy in our, in our Zoom chat. Um, sure. What, what do you think about Miles Straw? Well, you know, um, I know that you have been offended by this. I know that uh, whatever the artist knows, Tidbit was offended by this, but the guy is a rabbit. And, uh, you know, that's just something that is factual. There's not really what else you can say there. And I, even I don't really understand what that term means in a fantasy baseball sense, but all I know is it means he's not really any good. Um so yeah, he yeah he won't be any uh, on any of my teams. I'm not into the hop and the uh, you know the nibbles and the, all the things that the rabbits do. And yeah, I am not going to be in on straw. Fish, you on you on uh, straw? We won't, we're not going to use any offensive language. <laughs> um, I'm fine with him in certain builds because I think he provides more than just stolen bases. I think he's going to hit you a decent average. He's going to score a lot of runs if he continues to hit leadoff. But, yeah, if I'm, uh, if I'm building my roster the way I want to, I, I will not have him on the team. But I do have a couple shares because when you do as many leagues as I do, you try out pocket aces, you get burned in, on the speed guys in the third, and you're, you're chasing closers. So you got to get your speed somewhere. Uh, but I would definitely prefer to not not uh, have him on my roster. Right, right. Okay. Um, Rick, you mentioned yeah. uh, you mentioned the term that we don't want to talk about. Our, honey that, hole? No, 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 not that one. Is that offensive to you, a honey hole? I love a good honey hole. Okay, so no. And and the term that like the hopping the hopping animal, that's you're okay with that. What does it? What is there anything that does? offend you like in terms of our absolutely our our fantasy linguistics oh you mean in the world of fantasy baseball well you know i'll give you the floor for a second we got some spare time here well yeah i mean uh what's this sniping nonsense um i hear a lot of do, do the people in the community know what a snipe is do they know what that means oh i think it's when you like were want to draft a player and then the, the player that was um, the player that you wanted to get drafted, the player that you wanted to draft got taken by the, the drafter before you. Um, I don't know how early in the draft you can consider it a snipe because like 
can you consider getting sniped on Trey Turner from the number two spot? That'd be kind of silly, wouldn't it, Rick? I don't give a shit about that. What I'm trying to say is, do they know what the actual term snipe means? I just thought I I just explained it to you. That's not at all what I'm speaking of, Zach. I'm talking about sniping in the literal, you know what? I don't even want to get into this because we're going to go down a political road that I don't want to go down. And you know what? While we're at it, the term drafted actually is a bit offensive too. Yep. We've touched on that. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, I have a problem with that. Oh, I, sorry, I, sorry, drafted. I thought you meant ro- right. I was talking about rostered, actually. I was thinking rostered as well. That's pretty Well, funny. no, drafted. I mean, you know, um, it's people used to be called off to go to war, and they would be drafted. And that's, you know, to use that term, I think, is also offensive. And frankly, I was offended last week at Bajorn and the way that he spoke to his wife. And that went over the airwaves of a podcast that I produce. He used a word that I would not use. He used the F word in relation to his wife. And you know me, I love Magpie more than anything on earth. And he was right here just swearing at his wife. So if you want me to go down a laundry list of things that offend me, I, I, could, I could go all night, pal. As Maggie knows, I can go all night. <laughs> okay. Damn straight, this boy's got it going on. <laughs> Thanks, baby. All right, all right. Let's uh, just move on from here. I think we're done with the um, with the um, group thing. Fish, do you have any like? Do you have any other group think ideas? Like, I you went through a couple that I sort of were on the top of my head, but anything else that noted that, that sort of stands out to you? Uh, not really. I mean, I think once um, once we get some spring training games going and we, you know, we see an injury to a pitcher, it seems like it happens every year. I think you're going to see everybody moving pitchers up. You know, let's say, let's say, for example, Wheeler goes down. I think you're going to see everybody moving the rest of the, the like those first and second, third tiers. I think they're going to all move up. You'll see everybody do that. So. But yeah, other than that, uh, no, I don't have anything else. Let's hope that doesn't happen. All right, we got some jeopardy. Rick, you're going to stay along here. You, you, um, we only have one guest. So you're going to you're going to have to be. Uh, you're thrown into the fire here. You are now a contestant. Well, my wife could also play, but uh, you know she doesn't have to. I can Fuck certainly. It, whatever you can all play. Okay, well, let's do it, boy. <laughs> okay, can you see the screen? We got three categories today. We're a little bit light. I wasn't wasn't quite prepared. Um, uh, I, did, I just I got the I got the news Bjorn was Bjorn was going to be let go just about an hour before the show, so I only had time for three categories. So um, I threw the, sort of threw them to bed, you got together kind of quickly. So again, you buzz in with um, in the chat by pressing the number one. Yeah. Then, so you know how it works. Yeah, Maggie and you can be a team, and then Fish can be another team. We'll give Fish the board. So the, the categories are first category is Rick Poundstone. Jeez. The second category is Dr. Jesse Morse. And the third category is Mike Masato. So Fish, I'll give you the uh, board. I'll give you the board. We gotta go with my favorite person on Twitter and the living legend, Mike Masato for a thousand. I actually didn't know what you're gonna say. Mike Masato for a thousand. So okay. These are people who lost a lot of money last year. <laughs> all right so this for a thousand this you're right there rick. like rick you doing sound effects or jeopardy that's great 
Um, yeah, this, I've got it. This player has over 1,300 RBI and didn't earn a penny last year. Rick. Uh, uh, Mar- Marcel Ozuna. No, that's incorrect. You're negative 1,000, Rick. Fish, you want to buzz in or are you going to pass? Uh, over 1,300 RBIs and they didn't earn a penny? They didn't earn a penny last year. I mean, that could mean he earned $5 million. You're just saying he didn't earn exactly a penny. He didn't earn, he earned less than $1 playing Major League Baseball. But he had over, 30, over 1,300 RBIs in his career? Or what's yeah, the... career. He has over 1,300 uh, career RBIs. Okay, I'll. Uh, no, I'm, I'm gonna pass. I actually, don't. The answer is Robinson Cano. Mm. What do you guys think about that? Do you think he's just like gonna be sort of axed off the the Mets, and uh, he's going around pick five hundred? You interested in him at all, Rick Fish? Uh, no, I never heard of him. Okay, that settles that. Okay, so I, uh, I do have a I do have a follow up question to that. Yeah. Um. How about a little trivia back to you? Uh, okay. Who did, <laughs> who did? Who did earn? Uh, who did? Bobby, earn Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, there you go. I knew where I was going with it. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to word it, but uh, yeah, yeah no, I got, got you. Okay. Yeah, you know, me and Fish, we've been drafting so much together. We like, I think we've completed mm-hmm. other sentences now. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I guess it was Bobby Boner. Yep, pretty much. Um, uh, Fish, you got control of the board still. I'll, I'll take off the Mike the Mouth for 1,000. That's done. All right, let's go Mike Masato for 500. Okay, Mike Masato for 500. Okay, so they get, again, these, this is a category about people that lost a lot of money last year. Um, so this quote-unquote top 10 pitcher has only finished in the top 10 in uh, Cy Young voting two times since 2017. Rick, Rick, what do you uh, got? The wife and I are going to go with Austin Nola. That is a catcher, I believe, Rick. So you and Maggie, can, um, that's negative 500 for you guys. Okay, what's the question again? Question is, this quote-unquote top 10 pitcher has only finished in the top 10 in Cy Young voting twice since 2017. Well, I don't know if that's only, but what is that? 18, 17, 18, 19, 20? Five years, so two of the last five years, which actually isn't bad. All right, all right I'll go with Aaron Nola. The answer is Trevor Bauer. Oh, so, oh yeah, I actually forgot the category. Didn't didn't earn money, lost money, lost lost a lot of money last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, but yeah. technically, uh, technically, he hasn't lost money yet. But we're just assuming that his they might. They might retroactively suspend him, and he might lose that money eventually. Um, any thoughts on what, what, what happens? Like, I, I think you've taken him here and there. I've taken him quite a bit at the at the old prices, at least. Yeah, we'll see. I, I actually have no idea. Yeah, old prices, I did take him. I, I have no it's idea not really a group. Th- it's not really a group think thing. It's an actual event that happened that uh, um, 
that would cause him to move up. Rick, does this this make you feel uncomfortable at all, Rick? I'm highly uncomfortable talking about drafting the man, but I do have a uh, pretty concrete opinion about what I think is going to happen with, uh, I hesitate to call him a man again, but I do feel that uh, I know what's going to happen with Mr. Bauer this year. Would you care to enlighten us? Well, he's going to, uh, he's, they're going to attempt to suspend him or something like that. Then it's going to be that he's already served the suspension. Then he's going to sign a, uh, he's going to be the Dodgers are, you know, going to get rid of him because you can't have that kind of personality out there. And, you know, you're near Disney world, like near Disney world, right? Well, yeah. And all the Hollywood cabal and all the liberals out there and everything. So they're going to get rid of him and he's going to uh, sign a smaller deal with the Tampa Bay Rays and, uh, be amazing because the Rays just want to win. They don't give a shit about, you know, stuff like that. So there's a lot of retirees down there. It's a very red uh, area. So. And the good thing there is that they don't have fans anyways to get upset. They don't No, Nobody goes to that tin can. They got for a stadium. Uh, they're already talking about playing half their games up in your Christ up in your neck of the woods. I don't know why anybody would have a ball club up there, but uh, that truck, I don't know that truck situation and all that, but uh, yeah, I that's where I think he goes. Uh, what do you think about all that? I think you might be on to something there. Um, yeah, because um, I bet you that, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess, like the all the all the grandmas and grandpas out there in Tampa Bay, they they couldn't even tell you who Tyler Glasnow is. And there's got they got like a couple hundred people in that stadium bringing Trevor Bauer, no one knows who the fuck that guy is, so what's what's the harm right he's gonna he's gonna throw he's gonna throw 200 innings if it's a full season and pitch pretty well and the tampa bay rays if they added him they're probably the clear favorites to win the al east if they're not already what about the texas rangers yeah they i guess i guess that's possible i haven't heard anything about them no, i was i, I was either. i was more fixated on uh, rick's um, tampa bay race theory i thought it was great but yeah, so talk about the, the Rangers. What, what, make, what makes sense there? They need pitching. It's, they need pitching. They're going for it. And it's a red state, like Rick said. Yeah. Yeah, these good old boys, they don't really, you know, I mean, it's just kind of like, hey, bring them in. Uh, we're not really concerned with whatever it is he did or didn't do. So, uh, yeah, I could see the Rangers too. Although the only gripe I would have with the Fishmen about that is that the Rangers have only made – um, what I perceive to be the dumbest signings I've ever witnessed in my life so far this offseason. And I think a, a cheap deal for a guy like Bauer would actually be a good value contract, but they seem to be the angels of 2011 or 12 current day. Um, so they seem like a very dumb franchise, if you ask me. Well, Rick, you've really done your homework on, uh, on fantasy I have. baseball. I've gotten into it a bit more since being on this podcast. Yes. Great. I'm glad. I'm glad that makes me feel good that you've, uh, we've helped someone uh, take an interest in fantasy baseball. And I can hear that you've actually improved so much in terms of your analysis. That's great. Okay. So who has control of this board? I think it's still um, the Fishman. Let's go. Rick Poundstone for 500. Rick Poundstone for 500. Okay. So these are people who appear to be very unhealthy. A pe- Wait, what? Oh my god! Did, did you see the dinner I posted the other night that Maggie made us? Do you know what, how lean uh, those cuts were? She's got me eating ninety-two eight. All right, okay. so they, 
for 500. This MVP in 2014 led the league in K per nine, ERA, and whip, but he didn't lead in strikeouts. 2014 Cy Young. Or sorry, MVP. And I think so. And I think so, yeah. Rick. Uh, Justin Verlander. Incorrect. Fish, you got any I guess you're gonna pass on this. I'm gonna pass again. All right. It's um again, players that appear very unhealthy. Clayton Kershaw. MVP nah. Cy Young in 2014. No, nah, I had a good guess on that one. You did have a good guess. You guess yeah. the pitcher that um, that is coming off of Tommy John when the answer was a pitcher that will be having Tommy John. Right. Right. Um, yeah, you guys, are you are you in on uh, Verlander, Rick? I mean, not Verlander, Kershaw, Rick. No. Hey, you know the song? Um, Wouldn't it be nice by Rick Rick Kershaw? Or no, that was Nick Kershaw. Never mind. I never heard of him. Never heard of him, Nick Kershaw. I don't think is he's he Canadian. I don't know. I don't think so. Anyways, um, Fish, you in on Kershaw or no? I don't think you are. No, absolutely not. No. He's a he's a dog's breakfast right now. If that makes any sense? Doesn't. All right, Fish, you got you got control of the board. All right, let's finish off Rick Poundstone for a thousand. Okay, again, these are people that appear to be very unhealthy. All right. Um, Let's see the let's see the question. Okay. Um, this World Series MVP has one win in the last two years. Hmm. Boy. No one wants to buzz in. You're not even giving me the music. Just dead 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 air. I'm thinking here. I've always loved this song. I got it. Too, baby. All right, Fishman. Fishman's got it. Stra- Strasburg. Bingo. Son of a bitch. He didn't say what who is, but we'll give it to him anyways. So that that brings him into the positives. Right now, Rick, you're sitting at negative two thousand. Fish, you're at positive five hundred. And we got the last category, Doctor Jesse Morse. Um, what? Uh, how much money do you want to uh, risk here? How much money do you want this question to be for, uh, Fish? Five hundred. So five hundred, Doctor Jesse Morse. Okay. So these are. These are people nicknamed Doc, but are not actually doctors. Okay. All right. So first question for 500. This starting pitcher pitched for the Jays and Phillies and had a perfect game. And oh, now you buzzed in here. Roy Halladay. Correct, Rick. I love that guy. Really nice job, Rick. Good Thank job, you. Rick. That's I think you know what boy is that my first right answer? I, I think it might be your first right answer in, in all the episodes. All right, baby. I know who's getting something tonight. All right, so Rick, you got control it's of the board. You have control of the board, Rick and Maggie. Um, there's only one category left here. Um, if you answer this correctly, you're at negative fifteen hundred. You still lose the game, Rick. So there's no way for you to win, but. We'll just go with this category for Dr. Jesse Morris for 1,000. We didn't drop the drama there, Zach. Good. No problem. So, like, Fish fish can just sit back and just watch, but he can also, if, if actually Fish gets us wrong, he loses. So there's no incentive for Fish to answer this question. So, again, Dr. Jesse Morris, people who, who are nicknamed Doc but aren't actually doctors in real life. Um this rookie of the year in 1984 had a 
Fip. Dr. Gooden. Correct. You you are holy. You are a late finisher. There you go. You got you got the fake doctor category down pat. Well, they always tell me that I take a little while to get started, but I can finish strong. So yeah, I appreciate that. I just got two right in a row. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, that's a good, that's a feel-good story. So the end of the, the end of the game, Fish had positive 500 and he wins, and Rick has negative 500. And I still end up with negative points. So. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that, L, right? <laughs> it's all good, Fishman. All right, so that's that's about that's about it, boys. Um, anything anything that um, maybe we I didn't even ask you guys because I sort of interrupted the podcast with that BJ, um, where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, what, Rick, why don't you go first? Oh, I don't know what. Just type in Rick Poundstone. Uh, not a lot of people have that last name, and you'll likely. Uh, see my smiling face turn up. I uh, don't tweet a lot, but when I do, it's usually about my beautiful family. But, uh, you know, I just thank you boys for having me, and I hope we produced a good show for the audience here tonight. Well, I think it was brilliant. Um, anything you want to plug? Any, any work you any work Anything you? I want to plug? Oh, boy! No, I'm, <laughs> I'm all well, set here tonight, boys. <laughs> you all plugged up? Yeah, I'm ready to go. All right, good. Okay, the plugging I meant like any any projects you're working on that you wanted to tell the audience about. My project is right here on the Draft Champions podcast, producing a uh, good content. And uh, you know, I will say there is. Uh, I didn't want to mention it yet, but there is actually a documentary about me in the works. Um, it is a 90 minute piece that we've been filming over the last couple of years, and it is called uh, "From Pigsty to AV Guy." The Rick Poundstone story. Uh, so yeah, I, that's all the details I can give you right now. But uh, look for that coming out here in maybe a matter of months. But from pigsty to AV guy, and it's kind of a you know a success story, a rags to riches type deal. And uh, yeah, yeah, look out for that one. All right, well, so I can't I'm, wait for it, Rick. I'm really pumped. Thank you. Thank I, you. I, I have so many questions. I'll just I'll just save them. Uh, Fish, where where can everyone find you? Just on Twitter, at Pile of Dial. That's it. Okay. I'm sure Rick's curious about that, the, the origin of that, but we're going we're gonna to spare everyone that. Pile right. of Dial, yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk off air. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. All right, boys. Um, thanks very much, Fish. Um, you're great. And see you in the draft room. Thanks, thanks, uh, thanks Rick. How do you, um, you want to just shut this, shut this baby down? Yeah, thank yeah. you very much, Fishman. Sorry, go ahead. Thanks no, for having shut- me. No, I mean just shutting like the shutting off the record. Oh yeah, sure. Um, here we'll do a little outro music and I uh, join us next time on the. Well, uh, I do that. Like you don't. I just meant shutting off. Like I already, I already ended the episode. You just, you just need to actually just physically shut this. Oh okay. All right. All right. Well, I don't know. <laughs>